0: It's just always great to be here. One of my home churches. I love being here with Pastor Brett and Cynthia, Jim, Angie. Just this great team. You know, Jim and I aren't really bantering during this conference. We like swore it off this time. I'm not liking it much. Like when he, when he picked me up in the car, he had one of our great young women. So I got in the car and I looked at him and I go, hello, esteemed colleague in the Lord. I'd never even spoken something nice like that to him before. Kind of shocked him real bad, I think. But anyway... We started talking about how Angie saw him. It was all I could do. Not, a couple thoughts came to my mind, but I can't say them. In fact, only one verse came to mind I will share with you. The Bible says, he led the blind in the way they knew not. But anyway, okay. <laughs> Pastor Brett, was it okay? Just that slipped out of my mouth. I ask for forgiveness. I couldn't, sorry, Jim. Lord, forgive me for breaking our covenant. Okay, amen, all right. <laughs> Problem is he'll have the mic again. Okay, anyway. Lord, we just are so thankful, God, for opening our eyes. Lord, humor aside, Lord, we we really need to see. Lord, right now in the natural, we're just perplexed. If we we took to heart everything our natural eyes see, we'd be fearful right now. Help us, Lord. Amen. Um, I had no idea what Pastor Jim was going to speak on, so I'm going to talk about hearing. I want to talk about growing in your ability to hear God's voice. Jim, do me a favor. Pull my iPhone out of my bag. I forgot to bring it up here. Or you or someone can just bring it to me. Thank you. Call your mom her you're in church. Call my mom tell her I'm in church. Yep. <laughs> my mom likes me in church, I can tell you that. She probably knows anyway. Okay. So I want to talk to you and help you grow in your ability to hear God. And I'm going to use this phone to demonstrate what I'm talking about. Let me say that your birthright is hearing God. Jim talked so profoundly this morning about seeing God, and I was reminded that the more you know someone, many times the harder it is to really see God on them. Um, you can get so familiar with your pastor or your mentor or your spouse that you lose who they really are. I'll never forget this passage in the Book of John. John the Baptist was baptizing. He was born six months before Jesus. How many of you know his mama told him all about Jesus? I mean, she had mentored Mary. When he was in the womb, when Mary called her name, he leapt in the womb and was filled with the Holy Ghost. He grew up realizing your cousin's special. Surely when he went to the temple, they must have met. We don't know. The Bible doesn't say. But when Jesus came out to be baptized, here's what he said. He said this, I would never have recognized him unless the Holy Spirit had told me, The person you see the dove land on and remain is the Messiah. Heard all about him, but he was blinded by closeness. And if we're not careful, this whole reality of spiritual family and walking closely, we can begin to forget who we're walking with a bit. And we really need the Holy Spirit to open our eyes many times to discern rightly our relationships. Now, in John 10, 4 through 5 says this, when he brought out his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. They'll run away because they don't recognize a stranger's voice. Many times we see our Christians rebellious? Yes and no. Many times they don't obey because they don't recognize his voice. If the voice, if God is a stranger to you at the hearing and seeing level, you're gonna miss a lot of moves in God. I have other sheep, not of this pen, I'll bring them. They'll listen to my voice and there'll be one flock and one shepherd, John 10, 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, they follow me. Part of your birthright, I don't care if you have the gift of prophecy, I don't care if you're least bit prophetic. The majority of you are here, but part of your birthright is you can hear God's voice. If you're a sheep, if you've been born again by the spirit of God, you can hear him. Jim started with this verse in John 20, 15 and 16 and when he said it, it quickened something in me. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I'll get him. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Says of Jesus, he goes ahead and calls his sheep by name, and they follow him. When Mary heard that name, man, Mary had heard that name hundreds of times in fellowship, in prayer, in meetings. Can, can you listen for your name? Do you know him so well that in the midst of trauma and crisis, just hearing his voice, you settle? You see, how did Mary recognize that? Because she'd been listening to it for three and a half years. The real problem we have in trauma and crisis is we've never learned to recognize his voice, so we're trying to learn something and hear something at the same time. Yeah. Mary. Mary. You, when you hear his voice. I was in Nigeria for 12 or 13 days recently with Pastor Sam and Grace, who's spoken here at the conference. <laughs> had a marvelous time, but restful wouldn't have been a word for it. We had multiple meetings. We did three conferences while I was there. profit over hundreds of people And from time to time, air conditioners fail there, and you've got 3,500 people in one room with not much ventilation and no air, and it's 98 outside, you warm. I was swimming in my pants. I mean, it's just hot. (laughs) And in the middle of all that, Holy Spirit just spoke to me. He just said, son, lean on me. Just hearing his voice, it's your birthright. It's clear from these verses that part of being a sheep is hearing and recognizing his voice. Now, I'm gonna use this phone just to demonstrate very simply how you can hear God. This is an iPhone, but I'm gonna allow Samsung. So you get your phone out for a minute. I know a lot of you are checking scores in news anyway, so just hold them up and wiggle at them. I confess once or twice I've looked at sports scores myself. Anyway, okay. All right, now, let me just say this. First of all, no matter, like this phone, you're wired by God to hear him. And the moment you were born again, you reconnected with him. It's called your new nature. That means your, watch me, your human spirit was reconnected with the Holy Spirit, allowing you to what? To get the signal. You're connected. Now, if this is the case, and how it is, what are some of the problems? Well, number one, some people have a power problem. Even though they're wired to hear God, unless they experience the power of being born again, they're going to be separated from him. So you got to turn this phone on, being born again. And there's also this little thing called the baptism of the spirit, which is typically subsequent to salvation, where all of a sudden the spirit of God comes on you and you worship in tongues and you hear his voice. So power now once you've got your phone on we have a small problem how do we know when God's calling ever have that problem like if God wanted to call you spiritually what would that be like and don't think it's easy in the book of first Samuel one of the greatest prophets on the planet later is a young man God began to call him Samuel he woke up Samuel Eli you want me Go back to bed, boy, I'm tired. Now, I have to say, his his mentor was a bit blind himself, oh, Eli. I mean, when his mama was interceding, Eli thought she was drunk. He kind of may pass out of the mentoring stage. Who knows? Second time, Samuel. Eli, Eli, boy, leave me alone. Man, what's wrong with you? Samuel. Eli goes, wait a minute now. That might actually be God. He had not spoken around here much. Okay. Son, next time you hear that. Say, speak, Lord, your servant hears. Samuel, yes, Lord. Now, that was one of those moments you wished you wouldn't have said speak because he gave him a pretty tough prophecy to start with, like some people you know are going to get killed. But anyway, now, (laughs) so fact of it is God was speaking audibly to Samuel and he still didn't recognize it. See, if you've heard the audible voice of God, yes, I have a few times and I'm not sure it's a compliment. God just, I'm just so spiritually dense, God finally gives up and hollers at me. I remember one time I was laying in bed, I heard, Jim, I go, baby, one of my friends is calling me, Jim, it was God yelling at me, I mean, so, so what's it like, like, when God wants to get a hold of you, like, what's he do? Now, I've learned a couple things about it. The elementary way God speaks to you is through your feelings and sensations and he's just spirituals feelings. Let me tell you about this in a minute. Now we know primary communication is the Bible and I'm talking now about communicating with the Holy Spirit. Um, not through the Bible, but through some things we see in scripture. A lot of times when God's trying to get a hold of me, his presence just comes on me. All of a sudden I could be writing something, I could be in the car, I could be in a subway, I could be in a plane, And I just feel more of his presence. Like there's a a quickening that comes to me is the best way of saying it. Um, Sometimes just a burden just will fall on me. How many of you can feel God's presence coming on you sometimes? Maybe you can feel a sense of his power, a sense of his spirit. Maybe just a sense of sorrow grips you. Now, a lot of times that's honestly God's ring To get your attention. A lot of times we just feel those feelings and pass them off. But what I begin to learn is when I feel the presence of God very strongly or the grief of God or the burden of God, that's when I've got to ask. Like, what do you want? What's on your mind? Is Jim Critcher, God's servant, calling me? Speak, Lord, your servant heareth. Okay, now, now here's the fact. Now, watch this. I practice this all the time. And what I do in my life is, honestly, my phone can ring at any moment from somewhere with someone to prophesy over. Or God could speak to me, like sometimes I'll be going to bed at night, and the presence of God will come down, and I'll just follow on my knees. what do you need? But many times, because we don't ask, we just pass through these senses of God's presence knowing anything. And let me tell you something. Certain things are retrievable, certain things aren't. I've missed moments before. Reading a book, looking in the newspaper, feel that little prodding of the Holy Spirit. Ever happened to you? Feel that little prodding of the Holy Spirit. Don't really inquire, and it doesn't come back. So when you feel that prodding, when you feel that sense of the Holy Spirit, so your divine phone is ringing, what do you do? So I say, okay, Lord, what do you need? Now, when I say that, there are, Multiple ways he can respond to tell me. Um, one is a vision. Jim's been talking about seeing. He didn't, and a vision is just another word for God typically showing you something on the screen of your imagination. Um, visions are all through scripture. I'm not going to try to prove it to you. And I'll give Jim these notes. If you post these on the website or something, Jim, we'll post this on the website. And so they're pretty comprehensive, pretty long. But basically, maybe you'll get a little picture in your imagination. Um, Maybe someone's face will come to you now. How many of you have the face of a person you love come to you? You feel God's presence and there's a face? Well, that means you best start praying for them. What's going on? So we may give you a little vision. Sometimes a scripture will just come to your mind. You get this impression. Maybe you see it. Maybe just the story in the Bible. Turn there. Now, primarily the way God talks to me is through his internal voice. Although God can speak audibly, typically he speaks to his children through the internal voice of their conscious mind. Uh, 1 Kings 19, 12, this form of divine communication is referred to as a gentle whisper. Eternal voice of the Holy Spirit or his gentle whisper is probably the very thing the apostle Paul is referring to in Romans eight sixteen when he says, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. In other words, how many of you ever had God tell you, you're my son or my daughter, raise your hand. How I many that just feels astonishing? I was laying real sick in bed one time, just burned out. His came to me and said, "I'm so proud to call you my son." What is that? That's the Holy Spirit witnessing to me. You're God's son. You're special. So I can talk to some of the most mature, you know, prophets I know. And honestly, we're blessed in this conference to have some of the most extraordinarily accurate prophetic people on the planet. Like if I was going to pick a prophetic team, like three people to be with me, all of them are present in this conference. That's how I'm I'm so blessed to have people like Jane here and Jim here and Reggie here and and many, many others I can mention. Now, so God talks to you. He speaks to you. Um, We have seven children, three adopted, four biological, and the ones we raised from young birth, we taught them all to hear the Lord. And this is so critical because you're a sheep. You can hear his voice. This is elementary, but it's important. Okay, let's, let, me just, let me demonstrate this. I'm going to count to three. I want everyone to say your name out loud. One, two, three. Yeah. I'm going to count to three. I want you to imagine your name being said. One, two, three. If you can hear your name, raise your hand. Okay, put your hand. When God talks to you, you don't imagine it, he brings it. Just that soft voice. Many times he speaks to us. It's pretty normal, honestly. Now, now, so, okay. The phone rings. Lord, what do you need? What are some of the problems we can have? How many of you can be very frustrated by your phone? Raise your hand. <laughs> drop calls, bad reception. I live in the Area of North Carolina, one of the high-profile research places in the world, and my calls drop getting on the freeway. I confess I don't always handle that well. <laughs> now, I, I, don't. Um, I don't. I don't always have happy things to say about Verizon. So if you have a bad signal, what might the problem be? You say, Pastor Jim, how many of you go through the season when you're hearing God very faintly? Like, I can barely hear him. Lord, I can barely make out what you're saying. I mean, I know you got this strong signal from heaven, like, what's the deal? How many of these phones can be maddening? I had better, better reception on Al mufruk on the Syrian border on my phone than on the freeway in North Carolina. Something's wrong with that. It's just wrong. Now, if you're having a signal problem, you may have a proximity issue. We all know how close you are to a tower and things like that affect your signal. Now, just as cellular reception is affected by proximity to cell towers, so our ability to hear God clearly is directly related to our proximity to God's person and God's people in your local church. Now, watch this. Hearing God is not just a skill, it's not just mechanical. Let me just tell you this right now. I'm giving you some mechanics, but hearing God at its essence is also a relationship. Let me say this to you the closer you get to God, the better you'll hear him. Book of Jeremiah says this. Blessed is the man that I bring close to me, but who will choose to be near me? In Christ, we all have equal access. Access is a gift. Intimacy is a choice. Aaron and Miriam found that out. In Numbers 12, 6 to the 8, they're criticizing Moses about his marriage. It was a multi-ethnic marriage for one thing. They weren't happy. They didn't like her. And how many of you know, it wasn't a good thing to criticize the humblest man on the face of the earth. You say, well, you know, when people criticize me, fire doesn't burn them up. Well, you're not the humblest person on the earth either. Okay, now. So finally, God speaks out to Aaron and Miriam. He said, first of all, he said, Aaron and Aaron and Miriam, come here. They thought they are going to get promoted. Poor old Moses, God agrees with us. They had a little problem getting ready to come. He said, listen to my words. When a prophet of the Lord is among you, because they're thinking they're prophets, they are, I reveal myself to him in visions. I speak to him in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. They're thinking, now, we knew it. He's not as much prophet as he thought. You know, we're it now. Oh, this ain't true of Moses. He's faithful in all my house. With him, I speak face to face. That's mouth to mouth. I speak to him clearly and not in all these little riddles and visions and dreams you're so proud of. He sees the form of the Lord. So help me understand why you weren't afraid to say those things about him. Miriam got promoted into leprosy that day. That's another message, by the way. She was the great prophetic intercessor of that whole group, and the whole tribe was stuck when she got put out of the camp. That's another message. Moses my friend. Therefore, the more quality time we spend with God, the better we will hear him. The word quality here is critical because without discipline and focus, your time with God will be a waste. When I say discipline, I'm not just describing the classical spiritualism. I'm talking about the discipline it takes to deal with all the distractions and attractions of our media-driven world. David uses the word weaned. Jim commented on that recently in a message I heard him do to describe the process of dealing with the distractions and attractions in his own life. David said, my heart's not proud. My eyes aren't haughty. I don't concern myself with great matters, things too wonderful for me. I've stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul. What David, you know, many of you you ladies who have breastfed babies know the great joy is not just when they want to be fed, it's when they lay in your arms looking at you content. David says, I've weaned myself from distractions. I've weaned myself from always having to know and being busy. My soul's weaned from that. And because of that, I can still it and quiet it. The real issue in hearing God is many people lack the ability to still their soul. They do. And that can be hard. At the Red Sea, that's a fairly scary deal. Greatest chariot army in the world coming to White Mount, big Red Sea in front of them. And Moses gives one of the most paradoxical statements. Everybody goes, don't be afraid. All you have to do is be still. Be still. Thousands of chariots coming to kill us. <laughs> yeah. And an ocean. Be still. Really, all you have to do is be still and you'll be fine. Because if you can ever get still, you'll hear him. You'll hear him. Now, let's talk about God's people. This one's more subtle. Our proximity to God's people is also vital. Without discipleship, mentoring, fellowship, equipping, and accountability through a healthy local church, we'll not have the foundations necessary to develop an authentic, sustainable relationship with God. Some people say, Pastor Jim, I'm in the internet church. Well, what's that mean? That means I listen to podcasts and stay home. That isn't discipleship. Who's pastoring you? Who's looking into your eyes and asking how you're doing? You say, why do you go to a local church? Because I believe for every Christian there is a local church, and God himself will plant you in the local church where you get the diet you need. Yeah. Snack all you want on the podcast of people you've never really heard about. One person goes, I love that brother. I go, I love him too, except for the fact he's an alcoholic and homosexual but I'm glad you're enjoying his words right now. Oh, really? Yeah, really. The snack. I snack on a podcast. I feast in the local house of God because I believe God puts you in a church where you have the diet you need. That's what I believe. Now, but there's another dimension that you're never going to get in a podcast. There's a dimension you're never going to get on the coolest music video of the hottest Christian band. It's this one right here. There is a corporate dynamic of worship that increases your ability to hear God. Yes. Through corporate worship and prophetic gatherings, the heavenly signal of God's voice is greatly increased. It says in Psalms 22.3, you're holy, but a throne is created for you when people praise. How many of you know God has a house? It's us. Now listen to this carefully. When believers gather together, and worship and praise, the heavenly signal increases. It just does. There's no better spiritual cell tower in the world than a committed local church worshiping God. How many of you feel God a lot in, in, in worship? corporate worship? Raise your hand. Keep them up. How many of you maybe even find it easier to hear God when you're here? That is because of the corporate dynamic of worship. Maybe you're wondering, why do we have those times of silence during worship? man, I got kind of itchy. I kind of want to sit down. Like, why do we do that? Well, we do that because we know when we worship, heaven's signal increases. And that's a good time for you to say, is there anything you're saying to me, Lord? You see, Joshua got that. He would go, the Bible says, to the tent of meeting with Moses. Now watch this. And Moses had a relationship with God that brought a presence that Joshua could not do, but the Bible said when Moses would leave, Joshua would stay and the presence would stay with him. Joshua had the sense, if I hang around Moses, he brings a presence I can't get and I'm gonna benefit from that. So there's a power in the corporate dynamic of your church. There is a power where the heavenly signal is clearer and it's a great place to hear God. During worship, and we quiet down, that's a good time to say, Lord, not you want to say to me? The signal's stronger. That's a corporate presence. Now watch this. And there, then you talk about prophetic gatherings like this one where people are prophesying and ministering. There's such a profound effect in those, and you can find it um, in 1 Samuel 19, 20 through 24. Saul's on his way to kill someone. And the Bible says Saul sends messengers, they can't get him. Because when, when all his soldiers would come, the Spirit of God would come upon the messengers of Saul, they'd prophesy. When it was told Saul, he sent other messengers, they prophesied. Saul sent a messenger the third time, they prophesied. There was such an anointing, even the soldiers of this murderer would come into proximity with Samuel and the prophets and start prophesying. See, the corporate manifestation of the anointing radiates with God's presence. Now watch this. Then he himself went to Ramah and came to the great well that's in Sikkiu. And he there went to Nahoth and Ramah, and the Spirit of God came upon him also. As he went, he prophesied until he came to Nahoth. He stripped off his clothes, and he too prophesied before Samuel and lay naked all day and night. Arrogant, filled with evil, anger, and murder, he got into that presence. It stripped him of the very thing he'd been fighting for, His royal robes. What he refused to give to another man, he willingly took off himself in the presence of God and lay under the anointing. The presence of God will do to you things that will never be done anywhere else. It stripped him of his royal robes and humbled him in the presence of the man he wanted dead. That's the presence. That's the power of it. That's why we worship here at Grace Covenant like we do. Yes. You know, Andrew told Peter, he asked he says, where do you live so we can come and see you? They, he had an address. Well, God still has an address on earth today. It's local churches that worship all over the world, not just every nation. Right. We can say, friends, come and feel what God's like. Yes. Come and sense God. Yes. Come and be around God. Because even if your friends are Saul-like in their hatred, when they come in to the presence in the anointing of God, it will strip them down and bring them to their face. In New Testament words, that's what Paul refers to when he says, an unbeliever comes into the presence of God, and the secrets of his heart are revealed, and he acknowledges God is in this place. A lot of times when someone like Pastor Brett is preaching, there are words of knowledge coming right out there. Or when Jim is preaching, people are being revealed. Things are being touched. You don't even understand. The place of the local church is paramount. Corporate worship. Corporate prayer. I'm going to go one more step, then I'm going to stop, and I'll finish this up Saturday because I want to keep us on our schedule. How many of you know you can have the greatest, and this is, this is an iPhone 6S Plus, I love it, but this can be damaged. Like maybe you decide it needs to be washed with your clothes. Have you ever washed your phone? Maybe you've dropped it, or maybe you've gotten real mad and even thrown it, but told your wife you dropped it. I did throw mine once. I have to confess I was tired of it anyway, and I threw it. It was an old black bear, and I threw it. I shouldn't have thrown it. I just meant to kind of easy throw it, but I threw it again. I threw it. I did. I didn't mean to, and it didn't work quite as well when I threw the doggone thing. I told my wife I dropped it hard, but I confess I threw it now. I'm up in the pulpit, I can't lie. But I kind of dropped it hard. Well, what's that big dent in the wall? I kind of, I when my aim dropped it. I wanted an iPhone bad, so I ended the contract on my Blackberry. Okay, now. Now, what we find is that certain things can damage your ability to hear and connect with God. We know that. There are basically internal things, external things, eternal things, and infernal things. They're, they're, they, can, they can damage you. I'll say it again. Internal, external, eternal, infernal. I'm going to mention those quickly pray for you, and then we're going to have a break, or Jim will put you on break, and then Jane's going to come back and speak. I don't want to get us way behind on our schedule. Internally, if you're deeply stressed, fatigued, physically sick, exhausted, it can affect your ability to hear God. It's not all spiritual. When I get really, really jet-lagged, I'm more careful. If I'm sick, I'm more careful. You say, well, we're body, soul, and spirit. My spirit's always strong. They're not strictly compartmentalized, by the way. And it says the weirdness of, weirdness of spirit, the heart is broken. The Bible says a broken spirit dryeth your bones. So when you get sick or you get cast down, it, that affects your ability to hear God. So typically what I do is an internal inventory. I use this story to demonstrate that. I, I go to Japan fairly regularly, every year and minister there. And make no mistake about it, we talk about the Arab world being hard, Japan's hard. That's just hard. And... Um, when I got there this time, there was an iron box over my head. I literally couldn't hear God. You say, well, that's too bad. Yeah, it is too bad. I was going to cross over a bunch of leaders. Like when you do it for a living, you don't want an iron box over your head. I didn't want those like kind of pin the tail on the donkey. Mm-hmm. I think, okay, oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I need to hear the Lord. I said, Lord, i look desperate. Here I am in Japan. Like I, I got a box on my head. Am I sick? Am I depressed? No, I had to analyze. No, it's none of those things. It's not natural, okay? If it's not internal, is it external? Am I facing any unusual trials, problems with a child, things I'm trying to manage outside of myself no more than my usual dozen or so? Okay, is it eternal? Are you like playing hide and go seek with me? Isaiah looked up in Isaiah 48 and goes, okay, you're the God that hides. Will God play hide and go seek? Oh, heck yes, he will. If you don't seek him, he'll back off a bit and make you look for him so he gets more time with you. The good news is he's a really bad hider. He always hides in the same place. I hate to tell you it's not in the cookie cookie jar. I've searched there high and low. It's not in the refrigerator. It's, It's in church. It's in the Bible. It's in fellowship. Where's God? Five minutes longer than the one minute you've been spending with him every day. He'll draw back to make you look for him. So if it's not internal and it's not external and it's not eternal it's probably infernal you have destructive interference the enemy's coming to inner interfere so i'm gonna take three minutes and summarize this and i'll call jim up typically how demonic warfare presents itself i have found is like a wave or a wall one of the two you ever come somewhere and all of a sudden a wave of defilement comes over you a wave of depression comes over you, a wave of fear comes over you, a wave of despair, a wave of anger, a wave of perversion. Typically you go, I never think this way or feel this way. That's a good sign you're being hit by the enemy. But he also manifests like a wall where all of a sudden there's almost like an iron wall between you and God. Unlike when you've defiled your conscience, they haven't talked about that one yet, defiled your conscience, and there's kind of this filmy feel sick feeling, there's a literal wall. Now, let me give you you four marks of how to recognize when you're having demonic interference and attacking you to keep you from hearing what God's saying. Four things I look at, then I'll be done. Intensity, density, immensity, and propensity. Many times, demonic resistance is characterized by unnatural intensity. My kids aren't ever sick this much. It never lasts this long. It's never this bad at work. Duh. Well, maybe if it's never been that way, but could it be it's supernatural? Could it be it's demonic? Secondly, there's density. Sometimes demonic warfare has a deep fog-like quality to it. And other times, it just doesn't end. The more you push, the harder it gets. It gets thicker and thicker. You're slugging through it. It's just dense. And when you're facing really serious demonic power, they don't even push. It's just dense. It's thick. Sometimes it's by its immensity. True demonic warfare magnifies the power of the enemy and minimizes the power of God. When you get hit by the demonic, it magnifies how bad you're doing and minimizes how great God is. Just magnifies it. Lastly, propensity. Demonic warfare typically is directed at our propensities and our weaknesses. And it's meant by the enemy to target your propensity for depression, your propensity toward lust, your propensity toward bitterness. It targets that. Well, let me pray, and I'll finish this tomorrow. Holy Spirit, I thank you for this great group. I ask your blessing on them. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for them. I thank you that our birthright is to hear you, Lord. Amen.